When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Trot's talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Kira, good morning. Welcome to Trot's Talk from Christchurch today. How are you feeling? How's the body? How's the wallet? How's the phone account after what was a massive week for all three codes? Of course, controversy out of Rickerton yesterday. We won't be discussing that on the show today because that's not what this show is about. This is about the harness racing at Addington, which was absolutely enormous on so many levels. And Greg O'Connor is the man who was right in the heart of it. Gregory, yourself as a Cantabrian, yourself as a harness racing fan, and as a guy who's done plenty of work with and for Addington over the years, must be enormously satisfied and proud of what unveiled at the home of Harness Racing both on Tuesday and Friday. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning to you, Michael, and to everyone. Yeah, an outstanding week, wasn't it? Um, it's the week we all hoped for. Uh, Tuesday, 13 races of joy. That's what it felt like for me. Uh, the three Group 1s, I think, were won by all of the horses that deserve to win. You want the best horses to win those types of races. Uh, and that all flowed into Friday whilst... The wind sort of put a bit of a, oh, not a dampener, but it uh, made it difficult uh, for some people on the day. The racing on the track was still superb, and I'm looking forward to getting into reviewing that with you. We have so many big races during the week, and we want to get back and look at some of those, but then tell you what they mean heading forward. So let's go unchronologically. Not sure that's a word, but we'll go with it. The Group 1 New Zealand Pacing Free For All was on early Friday evening, it's not often over the sprint trip at Addington, the first three home are the last three with a lap to go. Let's see how the great race unfolded. Majestic Cruiser followed around the outside and then came Old Town Road and Cranbourne. It's the Australians at the top of the straight. 28.6 Majestic Cruiser going after Rock and Roll Do. Old Town Road off their backs and then Self Assured. Majestic Cruiser took the lead. Self Assured in the centre. Majestic Cruiser a half. Old Town Road and Self Assured coming at him. It's the Australian Majestic Cruiser just in front. Self Assured dives. They hit it. Photo finish. Near enough a dead heat between Majestic Cruiser and Self Assured. It's a Bledisloe battle and it's up to the judge. Great call from Matt Cross there and he did it. He did it in a way he doesn't usually do it. Self Assured's majority of his major wins have been in front or in a race like the race by Grins he was able to get outside the leader. This time he was the swooper from last at the bell. Mark Purden drove him as his co-trainer and Mark, after a difficult lead-up to Cup Week, that must have been immensely satisfying. Was it surprising? 
<laughs> good morning, uh, listeners, and good morning, Mick and Greg. Yes, um, I wouldn't say surprising. I think um, after the cup, I pulled up, and, and I could tell Tony was sort of disappointed things didn't work out better for him in the cup because he felt that uh, he was probably capable of winning it. So we knew we were on the right on the right track with him, and uh, you know, going into the free-for-all, it wasn't the ideal position to be, be in at the, at the half, but um, I know it turned out good in the long run. Do you think he's back to his best, Mark? Because I know you've had concerns about spring sometimes bringing on his allergies, and he was a far more potent horse last autumn than he was this time last year. After what we saw on Friday, is he maybe not as affected by those now as he was this time last year? Uh, No, I wouldn't say he wouldn't have been, Mick, but I I just think it was a case of... um, you know, we we picked it up far earlier than we did last year. We sort of got through to the free for all, and then I, I thought, no, this this horse is better than this, and uh, and from there we got onto it. But um, this year we're on the front foot, and and uh, after Ashburton's disappointing run, we, we were straight onto it and, and and treated him, and and he responded well to treatment. Everybody thinks after these major weeks, what happens next? Two parts to this question, Mark. Um, the back end will be, what do you do with them next? But before then, are you disappointed you pulled out of what doesn't look a strong inter-dominion in Victoria with the horse who's now clearly informed? No, not at all, Mick. And, um, I mean, um, you know, they've only got so many runs in them and, you know, you, you get at the other end and, and this, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit tight. And, and also the, the way they plan it now, it, it doesn't really appeal to me. I'd rather take on a race that's a one-off race, like a Miracle Mile or a Hunter Cup, than uh, contest three heats in a week for a poor stake and, and, uh, and a half-million-dollar final. Mark, congratulations on another stellar week for you and Hayden and the entire All-Stars team. Uh, Spankham's two runs over the week. Proud's probably the word that comes to mind. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's been a, just a wonderful horse right through his life, and and to get to you know age year old and and still be you know still be very very competitive at the top level, he, he's just a real gem. Mark Akuta's run in the cup. Um, you you long and thought long and hard about whether you took your place with him, but it was certainly vindicated, and he's going to to be in all of the big dances going forward. But how did he come through the cup run with a lead towards the Derby, which is less than three weeks away? Mm, he came through the run super, Greg. Um, yeah, he he really surprised me. It didn't knock him at all, and you know, maybe if anything, it might have even improved him a little bit. He just seemed so so well, and I was just wrapped with the way he, we gave him a, a run on Saturday, and uh, I just wrapped with the way he trained. So he's come through it very, very good. All right, Mark, let's go through them one by one. Self-assured, where does he go? Uh, he'll probably stay here. There's there's a big race in Invercargill in December, and um, he, he'll go down and contest that, which I'm, I'm looking forward to, and so will spank him. Okay, so they go there, then I take it Hunter Cup's Miracle Miles, are they likely aims for both or one? Um, probably at this stage, we sort of do the homework after after Cup Week, Mick, so there's no firm plans in place at the moment, but um, yeah, they'll, they'll be looked at anyway. Okay, and obviously at the back end of the season, the race by grins and the Auckland Cup, or the back end of the campaign, 
I presume they're obvious targets. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Akuta has a derby in three weeks. Can we confirm for the futures punters, A, he's heading there, and then B, does he spend any time in Australia on a chariots of fire type path, or does he stick around for the race by Grins, with, of course, the knowledge that his owner, Ian Dobson, has a slot in the race? Yes, I would say he'd probably stick around here. I'd be, you know, keen to give him a little break after, after the derby here, and and maybe focus on a race like, like, like that in Cambridge. Okay, let's go to the two-year-olds. We'll start on those first. Don't stop dreaming was a winner, Mark, of the Sire Stakes final, but I'm not sure he was overly convincing, more so than his stablemate Sherlock, who was second. So one of them very good, the other one probably a touch unlucky is the gap between don't stop dreaming and sherlock starting to close oh yes i think yeah that was vindicated on uh, tuesday mick and uh you know always always had a high opinion of sherlock but um you know he's, he's he has improved and stepped up with the racing that he's had under his belt and uh you know the ring craft and that's and made him a pretty nice horse and um obviously he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the upcoming races and Mark, another great week for Gene Feast. We've already talked about the success of Self Assured in the New Zealand Free for All, but True Fantasy, a handful of Group One wins now, and back right back to her absolute best. Yes, yeah, just just sort of in that last week, she, you know, I wasn't one hundred percent sure whether she was just the True Fantasy of old, but um, you know, Nat was particularly happy with the final workout and. Uh, yeah, obviously, um, she she showed that she was back at her at her best. Mark in that race, Queen of Diamonds, um, which sadly was probably my fault. I was tipping it. Uh, who was heavily backed, rolled into a gallop, which is incredibly rare for one of your well-performed pacing type horses. What was the explanation there? Um, she, um, I think it was just the inside draw and and just coming coming out, you know from around the corner and we went from sort of going at uh, you know three quarter speed to a to trying to keep up with the horse in front and I think she just she just got the wobbles and uh, probably probably just hasn't had that experience before but because um, of Ashburton she rolled out from wide out and never put a foot wrong but uh, you know she just just got the wobbles and, and made a made a break. Talking about fillies, a uh, different type of filly, but probably good enough to race the three-year-olds already is Millwood Nike. She was absolutely dominant in the fillies feature on Friday. Another Group 1 win, and if there was any doubt, Mark, where she sat against Advance Party and Carlo a flyby, that ended because she came from the second line, worked around, absolutely spanked them, and you told me afterwards, as good a juvenile filly as you've had. Yes, yeah. Well, I think she's, you know, she's proving that. And I thought, um, you know, that was uh, that looked on paper to be a trickiest draw she's had and um, and to overcome. So, uh, you know, you couldn't have been more pleased with her, the way she came through it and, and the way she won. We now look forward, Mark, to what's called Grand Prix Day, which is on December the fourth at Addington, and there's a whole bunch of Group Ones and sort of half a jewels and and there's derbies and all types of things. Are you still getting your head around the new calendar? Because I think a lot of people listening to the show think it's Cup Week and the Purdens will be off to off to Auckland to race up there next and there'll be good racing there, but that's absolutely not the case. This meeting on the Sunday is going to be huge. 
what stage did you sort of factor all this in and write it down on a piece of paper with Hayden and Nat and say we need to be doing this, this and this? Because I'll be honest, Mark, it's our job to, to follow it too and even I'm sort of struggling to keep up with what's next. <laughs> yeah, we've had all the information in front of us, Mick, for a while and uh, although it's all new and, and you've just got to keep yourself up to date with it and um, and sort of review it because uh, it is all different. But, uh, yeah, no, we've... Um, I think we've done well in the way we've managed the team to to head toward this meeting. And, uh, yeah, we're really going to look forward to it. But I think getting through the first 12 months, the next 12 months will be a bit easier. We'll be a bit wiser and we'll know where the races are going to be situated. And, and probably there'll be some changes too and to, to make it an improved um, calendar, racing calendar year. Just on that, uh, on a more philosophical level with these horses, we used to have juvenile racing through till May or even June for the jewels. Then we park all the horses for three months and we start again as three-year-olds. Now we have early season two-year-olds. Then they have a big break and then they're still two at the back end of the season. Which one of those two things did you prefer? Did you like the way the season was in the past? Or do you like the way it is now? And what's the difference for you, say, for example, with a Millwood Nike, of being able to give them a big break in the middle of the year, or for example, a horse like Beckham to give them a break in the middle of the year, and sometimes they don't come back. So, how difficult is it to, to balance this two year old, for example, use those two year old season when it's actually too many seasons? Yes, well, I certainly think for the horse it's, it's better because you're not putting the pressure on them so much so early. Um, we, we in the past we've tended to have to sort of work our young horses through the winter to, um, to to work out the ones that we're going to contest the young guns in December with so um, or the young guns heats in December um, where we, we haven't had to put that pressure on them through the winter and I, and I think it's, it's worked out better because we can you know we can make a start with them early spring late winter early spring and, and work them work them down and to good times when the weather's good and and uh, you know, much more enjoyable to be to be working, and they enjoy it more too. So, and they're more mature when you're asking them to do that. So um, you don't have those physical problems that you're, you're often faced with. Mark, congratulations to you and Hayden and the entire team because I know over the last four to six weeks it's been well as challenging as it's probably ever been building into a New Zealand Cup carnival because things weren't just going the way that uh, you guys would have liked. So I'm sure you'll take a lot of satisfaction out of what you've achieved this week. Yes, definitely, Greg. You know, we're very proud of, of, of the team and uh, everyone, uh, the horses and, and everyone associated with the, the All-Stars farm. We mentioned the fact, Mark, that obviously the next big target is the Grand Prix meeting on December the 4th. Do you see yourself having any presence in the North Island after that? Do you see yourself racing at Alexandra Park, for example, on New Year's Eve? Or is the money just not there for that at the moment? Um, look, I, I, I know Jamie McKinnon's you know, really doing his best to, to put that uh, Christmas carnival sort of back on the map. Um, but, you know, state money does have to be good, Mick, because um, expenses are just so high today that... No, it's, it's just not worth travelling for to races like fifty thousand or less. Um, you've just got to, you know, they've got to be really good stakes to to warrant it. 
Mate, I know you uh, you probably deserve a couple of days off. I know you're probably also not going to get them, mate. So we appreciate all your information and all the time. When you look back over the week, what's the win you enjoyed the most? Uh, I, I would say self-assured. Yeah. Well, mate, not often they come from last to a major Group 1 sprint race in this country and run past that quality of horses, so... Mate, thanks for all the highlights this week to you, to Hayden, to Nat, and of course to everybody out there who works at the All Stars. And yep, it uh, takes champions to get up off the canvas, as Greg said, and you guys did that this week. Thanks very much, Mick. It's Mark Purden who had a mammoth week, Gregory. There were, I wouldn't say cracks in the facade because it wasn't about that. They just had a bloody tough, tough time at Ashburton, and things weren't flying, and. I sort of doubted a couple of them. I wasn't sure about True Fantasy. I didn't have the love on for her, and she proved me wrong. And self-assured, I think a lot of people let drift in the cup. He was very, very good there when unlucky. But it's been a massive result for them to win that many big races, uh, considering where they were two weeks out. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I wanted to ask Mark, you know, just how satisfying that was. And um, on Millwood Nike... Uh, when he says it's the best juvenile filly he's ever had, well, that just tells you where she sits. Um, I was questioning whether she'd win on on Friday, but um, she, if she, if she, I thought to myself, if she beats them on Friday, then she is next level. Well, she didn't just beat them; she beat them up. So, um, yeah, stunning performance from her. Well, I think, I think talking about with Nike, um, I was on a Vance party that race for a place, and I thought, well, this is as good a place bet as you'll ever see in your life. It cannot miss a place. Sitting on the back of Carlo, a flyby. And that was probably the one cloud of cut week for the harness was clearly there is a virus going around some of the stables. Now, I think Mark's and Hayden's horses obviously had touches of it two or three weeks ago, and they got over it. But like Bolt for Brilliance, for example, he was miles below his best on cup day. Advanced Party, Gandalf on show day. There were other horses who just dropped out. Well, you go back six weeks ago, Mark Jones had it. You, yeah. His team just yeah. could, couldn't I, get out of their I own think way. some of the done horses had it. Gavin yep. Smith told us on the show Definitely. he had it. And, and it's really tricky for punters because you're taking horses at face value. You can only take them on form, and the trainers simply don't know. Now, they scoped both of Barry and Scott Phelan's horses, who just dropped out. Like, Advance Party finished 100 metres. And Gandalf, yep. yep. And, and found nothing in their throats. So it's extremely tricky for people when that situation unveils on the punt. There's no way Advance Party would have beaten her with Nike the way she went. It wouldn't have mattered. But it, 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 it's just a case, for example, Bolt for Brilliance. He's outside the leader at the 800. You can't get enough on him. And now there's question marks over whether he's going to turn up not only in the Inter-Dominion, but of course he didn't turn up in the Dominion, whereas six weeks ago he looked the horse to beat in that. So that was really tricky for punters. Nothing, and no one could control that. That's just life in the big city. But to see some of the trainers have to battle through that, there was a lot of walking around the stabling area during the week, and some trainers are like, eh. Not sure what happened there. Not, not sure what happened there. And Are you giving away $50 today? Because there'll I be am. some people out there that I would am. like to replenish the yes, stocks. I bet, I bet there is. So there's your chance. Courtesy of the tab, get your text into us, double eight double three, and the code word for the week is carnival. So it's been a carnival this week. It's been a carnival. Yesterday there was a different sort of carnival at uh, at Trentham. We'll talk about that not so much on this radio show. I'm at sure Rickerton. We'll it. Sorry, at, at Rickerton, yeah. It's been a long week. No, we'll, we'll, maybe think of Trentham because they did the same thing last, last <laughs> December. Um, we'll talk about that, of course, on, on ECNZ this week. And, and we're not going to be 
dishing out blame for that because we don't know who to blame yet because we're not sure we've done all the due diligence. But um, yeah, also weigh-ins on tomorrow morning on, on trackside and we'll have Bruce Sharrock on there and we'll try and get to the bottom of all of this for you. But that's not our job today because we haven't done enough research to know. I made about... God, no, 15 phone calls on it yesterday, and I'm still confused. So get your text into double eight double three. We need your name, your TAB account number, the code word is Carnival, and a $50 bonus bet will go to the person who has the best Cup Week story. So you can just add Carnival and just keep going, but if you want to get producer dude Robbie's attention, tell us your Cup Week story. Tell us what went right, what went wrong. Tell us about your best bet. You can make it up if you want, because we can't prove it. But get your text into double eight double three for a chance, courtesy of Tab, to get that fifty dollar bonus bet. We're here this morning on ECNZ on Trotstalk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand, and well done to them. An enormous result, seven point five million bet on Cup Day on Tuesday. Haven't seen the three point seven, I think it was on on Friday. Three point seven. Yep. And Darren will be able to, we're going to yep. talk to him later on, so Darren Williams. A, over $11 million in two days for the week. A couple of our trainers are, I'll be honest with you, are a bit dusty <laughs> today. We're struggling to get a couple of them because uh, most of the harness people go to Rickerton for a day out. And as you can imagine, yesterday that probably involved a bit more social activity than usual because there was no races to watch. So after this break, we're going to try and talk to the man who won his second cup. Back-to-backs for Copy That and Ray Green. And this time... He was able to be on track. Stick around. It's Trot's Trot Talk on SENZ. The defending champion is a half in front from BD Joe. Spankham trying to hold the back of the leader. Krug's done with. Then came Kango. Akuta coming into it wider from self-assured and Pembroke Playboy. He had a good look on the leader. 27.8 third quarter. Copy that for home. A length and a half in front of Spankham. Akuta. Majestic cruises running on. But he's gone from now. Copy that. Past the 152 in front. Spankham trying to run on. Majestic cruiser wider out. It's copy that two in front from Spankham. Bankerman, Majestic Cruiser, copy that, he's back to Defender's title, and he's done it, copy that one, the cup by from Majestic Cruiser, Spankerman, Nakuta. It is the race that defines Cup Week at Addington, in fact it probably defines the entire week for Addington, Rickerton, and of course even the Hounds, it's the biggest race we have in the country, and Ray Green has now won it back to back with copy that, Ray I believe you're on the road, on the way home, you must be a very happy man because you were there to see your little horse overcome a tough spring and defend his title. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It's hard to describe how good it was. It was, um, yeah, it's what we all work for, isn't it? And, um, yeah, little horse didn't bat us down. He seldom does. Now, Ray, you took him home. You, you, you decided not to go to the free-for-all on the Friday. What were the reasons behind that, and what are you doing next with Copy? Um, well, the reason we didn't back up three days later was because I, I, I don't believe that would have been... Um, I, I believe it would have been detrimental to him to do that. Um, I've seen too many of them in the past do that and, uh, and that's the end of their year sort of thing. So we've got a lot to go for um, over the next six or seven months. So um, we'll just pick our races and that wasn't one of them. And um, similar with the um, Inter-Dominions, it's just a little bit tough these days for um, horses to back up four times in two weeks. And, uh, 
I think you've got a it's a changing breed really they're not the same old horses that used to go around 20 years ago they're a bit more finely tuned and um, and require a bit more care and attention I feel Okay, you mentioned the fact that you you mentioned Ray, you have races heading forward. So, what are the targets for Copy That? Um, I think the main target will be uh, initially the Hunter Cup and onto perhaps the Miracle Mile. Um, those two races would be um, sort of on our list, on our head list, and um, um, and after that, back for Open Cup slot race. Ray, what congratulations on getting getting the cup, getting the second cup, and, and how special it was to have you and Debbie there, but also to have Merv and Meg Butterworth, who have now won three New Zealand Cups. I suppose that just made it all the more sweeter. Uh, yeah, well, it was. Obviously, um, with the COVID thing last year, um, it took a little bit of the, the gloss off it. It was uh, sort of almost like a glorified trial meeting, really, um, that's how it sort of seemed um, but uh, yeah this year it was a real deal and um, and it was great to be there and soak up the atmosphere and uh, yeah so hopefully that's how it will continue to be Ray is there any reason and you told me earlier in the week that you felt he may have grown a little bit and therefore um, this horse is still developing. Uh, is there any reason why he won't turn up next year and have an opportunity to join the other three horses that have won three New Zealand Cups? Well, at the moment, uh, I, I can't see any reason why not. Um, you know, he's a healthy horse, and as you say, I think I believe he still hasn't fully matured. Um, he's sort of grown a bit on last year. Um, and, yeah, I, I cannot see a reason why not at this stage. Blair Orange, his South Island driver. Um, your confidence levels when he jumped in the cart, I, I don't know that I've ever seen the full-time premiership winning driver more focused on a day and on this race, and he delivered it and delivered it in spades again. Well, they don't call him the postman for nothing. Um yeah, Blair's, um, he does inspire. Those sort of drivers you put them on your horse, they do inspire a bit of confidence, that's for sure. I was confident when, I, when he was able to drive the horse. So, um, yeah. You know, Blair's, uh, Blair's, Blair's the, he's sort of the best driver in, in New Zealand, I believe, especially on the big occasion. All right, it's been a hell of a week. Mate, congratulations on pulling off what a month ago looked the most unlikely of wins and done in the most unlikely of preparation fashions with 55-metre handicaps and 70-metre handicaps. We'll let you get home, Ray. Enjoy um, what's happened in the afterglow of a magical New Zealand Cup performance. And as Greg said, maybe in about 51 weeks we'll be talking to you about trying to become the fourth ever horse or the trainer of the fourth ever horse to win three New Zealand Cups. It's uh, it's something to think about, Ray, over the next winter when things get dark and a bit cold. Then again, 
you might be over in Queensland with a sauce enjoying yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mick. Good Good on you, Ray. It's great to have you uh, as such a big supporter of ECNZ and Trot's Talk. That's Ray Green. We'll hear more from him on the box seat, which will be available this week on late Monday night. Greg, is that correct? An earlier box seat this week, which is, obviously this is radio, we have all the pitches and yep. stuff um, coming out of Cup Week and a chance to review it all and sort of work out what it all means. Yeah, exactly. And we've got a lot of aftermath comment from uh, Friday, which uh, wrapped up everything from Tuesday as well. So you'll get a bit of an idea of what it meant to these people. And, um, yep, you'll be able to get that Monday night. Maybe after those great pacing races, the best race of the week had nothing to do with the paces. And we'll talk to the man who drove in that and drove another three-time winner in Sunday Sun after this break. On Trot's Talk, we're going to talk to John Dunn. Sunday Sun inside the 600. Leads the field by a length on five wise men. Muscle Mountain will have one crack at the champ. Easing down to fourth on the outside. Artie by the hill and then came Majestic Man from Midnight Dash. Sunday Sun the leader. 350 left to travel. Leads at a length on five wise men. Muscle Mountain the trail. Then Artie by the hill. 28 for third quarter. Sunday Sun turns for home. Leads by a length and a half. Back to the inside. Muscle Mountain. Gives chase. Five wise men sticks on. Sunday Sun a half. Muscle Mountain's coming. Sunday Sun. Muscle Mountain goes to on the inside. The two big guns are stride for stride. Muscle Mountain. Sunday Sun comes again. He's done it. Sunday Sun is one of the greatest of all times. His third dominion and a fantastic racehorse. His third dominion, his best dominion. The little horse who raged against the dying of the light as the giant muscle mountain came inside him. John Dunn is on the phone. John Dunn is probably feeling quite tired after a big week and a social day. John, I'll make it simple. Did you think Muscle Mountain had you beat? Yeah, morning, guys. And uh, I did, actually. Uh, when he sort of hid me, went past me, my fellow was out on his feet. And um, I still don't really know how he came back and won. So, yeah, I did think Ben was home. John, when I was watching it, and, and this is obviously not sitting in the sulky like you, but it looked like he was straining every little fibre in his entire body. He was almost wobbling. He was trying so hard. Is that my imagination, or is that actually how it felt? No, nah, that's how it felt. Like he, he sort of he was, wasn't trotting the best the last wee bit. I don't know how he stayed trotting, and uh, Harry, Harry just fought, fought back, really. Um, yeah, unbelievable horse. Johnny, congratulations. Three in a row. First horse to ever achieve that and joins Take a Moment and the mighty Lyle Creek as three-time winners of the Dominion. Um, you were at length to tell me how, I suppose, proud you were in some respects of Ben Hope and what he tried to achieve with Muscle Mountain because he did everything possible to beat you and 50 metres out, he looked like he was going to. Yeah, hats off to Ben, actually. Like, even early, early we see I wasn't trotting that good, sort of heading into that first bend and to get round me um, so quickly. It was a great drive by Ben, and, um, and like you say, he almost pulled it off. John, you've got a, a plethora of options heading forward. Now, I spoke to your dad, who was the official boss of the team, although we both know maybe there's one trouble. Uh, he said to us that, you're going to go south, Omakau, some races down in the deep south, then eventually make your way back up north for what we are expecting to be a new trot slot race. Is that what you're sort of thinking? And is it a case of wherever you go, 
trying to find a beach to help Sunday Sun's ageing legs. Yeah, we've always just regrouped. There's that free-for-all down here um, on the 4th. Not ideal, really. It's Muscle Mountains race to lose um, over the 1980s. So that'll be the next target. And then just play it by ear. Like you like say, is um, great effort by, by the team and everyone around us to get him to the Dominion. So we'll sort of let the horse do the talking if we if he's happy like and trotting good near Christmas, we can go down south or um, just give a fresh it up and just target the ones up north. All right, John, it's been a hell of a week, mate. Um, we just talked earlier about the, some of the teams having viruses. You told me about a month ago a couple of yours have had it. Is it, is it a case where they're still coming out of it? And, yeah, you know, you've had horses like Bark turn up and go absolutely supersonic. You've had horses like Steal the Show go really well. But you've also had some horses like Highgrove who, Looked like he had a slight incident there somewhere. He might have flipped the pallet or something. Is it a case where with this virus, which has been affecting everybody, you know if they've got it, or do you not know till they go bad? No, so we were still battling big time with the virus. Sort of uh, some that raced over cup time, they didn't pull up that good and didn't back a few of them up. And um, it's not until they work good at home, it's not until you put them under that pressure race day where it's sort of coming out. So... Um, even Highgrove, he was too bad to be true on show day, so there's, there's got to be something seriously going wrong there, and um, a few of the other ones are sort of showing it as well. All right, John, you went to the Gallops yesterday to enjoy a big day at the Gallops, and they only had three races. Did you stick around? Did you did you enjoy yourself at Rickenham? Yeah, I did. I involved, really. Basically, had to get called off. We stuck around. We still enjoyed it. It was the end of our week for us. Once the last race show finished, we sort of did their down a wee bit. So, um, yeah, we enjoyed it. Probably a bit too long. <laughs> mate, <laughs> mate you're, you've done a massive job over the last month with all the media. Congratulations on what Sunday's son, you and, and Jenna and your dad, and everybody involved. Of course, Craig Eggman's lots of people involved in this wonderful horse, and Colin and Nancy here. So, mate, congratulations. Uh, you were deserved to have a day out yesterday, and, uh, yeah, go get some power rates. Yep, all right. Thanks for that, guys. It's John Dutton. They do a super job with the media, the Dunn team, Diamond Racing, as they call themselves. And, yep, lots of harness racing people went to the gallops yesterday, and I don't think too many were concerned by the races being called off. They were probably facing away from the track for the majority of the day in the car park. But that's a story for another day. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Talk to Darren Williams about this enormously successful result for Addington. Also, Matt Markham. He was one of the punt stars of the week with the boys get paid, and he pulled off the big harness racing kill. That's coming up on your Trots Talk. Get your text in to 8833. Your chance for a $50 bonus bet from the tab. We need your name, your TRB account number, where you are in the country if you want that. Code word is carnival. And give us a reason why producer dude Robbie should give you the fitty. Back and forth. So we're here on Trots Talk wrapping Cup week at Addington. Not going to get touch on Rickerton or the pups, which was also at Addington. We're talking about the harness this week. We'll leave the other stuff, which I'm sure has evoked a lot of emotions in people, and so it should, because the Addington results were enormous. One of the men who keeps the wheels on the machine there is Darren Williams. Darren, I'm sure you're stuffed, and I'm sure you're satisfied. Yeah, both, Mick. Uh, hi to everyone. Yeah, look, it was a tremendous week. Uh, turnover for harness. Just exceptional. Um, cup meeting always holds sway as the biggest meeting pretty much in the country. Um, seven of the 
the 10 spots of all time, and we managed to knock our own record off on Cup Day at just on 7.5 million with that still climbing, some export and things to go into it, but very satisfying. Um, was a wee bit apprehensive going into the into the day based on how turnovers had been the last wee bit, um, but it just shows you that people people love a party. People love Cup Week at Addington for all three codes and the AMP show, something that everyone t- tries to emulate. And I think everyone, the three codes, everyone that works in and around Cup Week, uh, from the ground staff, the tote staff, right through to electricians and everyone else that supports the meetings, contractors, could be duly satisfied by putting on a show that Canterbury should be very proud of. You had a lot of races. You had two sets of 13 and some very big fields, and that always helps turnover. But what do you put it down to? Because turnover at Harness has been struggling at different times recently. So why did you kick a goal this week? Look, it was 13 races, Mick. Uh, that's because we've got a, a couple of new features that have come into Cup and Show Day, and we certainly didn't want to be kicking away the intermediate-type horses that are the bread and butter of every other race meeting, and that's their big dance for some of those horses coming in and racing for $25,000. Not only the money, but having a horse racing cup day is a lot of people's ambition, and that's something that we didn't want to didn't want to kick them away. So the 13 races, no doubt about that, that helped. But I think there was just this feel that there was a, a real evenness about not only the cup, but some of the other races throughout the program. Sure, we had some hot favourites, but a number of the races really had an even feel. Well, we bit like Cup days of old, and of course, people have been locked out of Cup Week for the last couple of years, either in a, a reduced um, footprint size that we had two years ago, or of course, no public there last year. So I think people wanted to get back to that, and we're wrapped that they did because um, obviously, with having no one there last week, the, there is a risk that people change their habit and think it's a little bit easier just to have a party at home. And, you know, that's one of the things that we have been promoting as well, cut from your place, so that people can celebrate at home if they want to. But I think pretty much made all the stars just aligned, and then the weather played its part on Cup Day, and it was just a fantastic day. Darren, a quick look at the turnover for Friday. I think it was about 3.7 or thereabouts. Um, An enormous effort and, and reflective of people perhaps wanting to come back to show day, but the race of the carnival, I know what mine was, and we've just spoken to John Dunn. What about for you? Yeah, look, absolutely. I think almost last year's cup meeting, what Sunday Sun produced on show day a year ago was something phenomenal when he was the first horse to break four minutes. To run 3.58 into that wind and to have a horse as good as Muscle Mountain with every favour from an outstanding drive by Ben Hope, and still get up and beat him. I mean, we were standing at ground level just near the winning post, and I reckon he's got the best part of a quarter of a length on him on Sunday Sun, and he just surged again just short of the post. And as John said just minutes ago with you guys, he's still not sure how he did it, but champions have that ability to get off the canvas and do things that are quite phenomenal. And I think for the last two years, Sunday Sun has been the star of the show. Darren, congratulations to you all your team. There's an enormous amount of people whose names I don't know and, and, and whose names we're not going to mention on the radio, but they, they work bloody hard. John Denton's one of the ones we do know. Brian Thompson's obviously done a super job. And, and Matt Cross, your commentator, who <clears throat> doesn't work for you, but he works with you, has done a super job. Mate, we're going to yeah. talk more to you heading forward for um for the big Grand Prix meeting coming up on the 4th of December. But we'll, we'll leave that there, Darren. We want to pass on our congratulations to you and your team, and we hope you get half a Sunday off. Thanks, Mac.
That's Darren Williams from Addington. He and Brian Thompson and all the crew there. John Denton, of course, on the track. And many, many other people did a super job. He did a super job. One of the stars of the show on Friday there. Um, well, Matt Markham was one of the harness racing selectors for the boys get paid. They had a huge, huge pool to play with. They made it huger because they won about 500k. Um, the two biggest bets of the week were the He's a Doozy bet and the Copeland's Mile. They had about 60,000 on that at 5.5 and got the cookies. And the other one, and I didn't see this coming, he's not one of my horses, but he's one of my men. Matt Markham, you had a massive go on Cyrus in the last. That must have felt very, very good. How did you pick Cyrus out of the, I don't know, 170 horses who turned up there on Friday? Yeah, morning to you, Mike and Grego and everyone out there in Shock Talk land. Uh, look, process of elimination, I think. Uh, Andrew Fitzgerald and I sat down on Thursday morning and started looking at the uh, the show day fields and trying to find something that was going to pay a little bit of value. And, and we both really liked Cyrus when the fields come out before the markets had even opened. And it opened at $10 and we, we were keen to maybe have a little bit of a lick then, but... Having another look at the field, we saw that there were some horses there that might actually attract a bit of early money. Here's Herbie was so well backed on Tuesday, we thought they'd come for him again. No time like now with Blair on. So we actually sat on our hands, and sure enough, the horse drifted out to 12s and 360 from its opening price of 10s and 3s. And the next decision was, when did we go? And I, I sort of said, right, let me have a talk to Mark when we get on course on Friday. And got the wee nod from Mark Curtin that he thought it was going to be a, a good chance in the race. And, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Mate, it's, um, it's been a, a massive buy-in from so many people of, of all three codes. But harness can be incredibly hard to bet on because, obviously, a lot of short-priced favourites win. And there's not much fun having 50000 or a $2 chance at, at, the, at the harness. Or Millwood Nike's a hard horse to back. What attitude or what parameters were you given by Luke Kimmies and the boys get paid, boys, on how to attack the meeting and... Are there any rules? Well, it's funny that because I thought there would be, but you know, Luke and and um, Andrew Lacey, the goat, they they've done this so many times. It's sort of like uh, putting a mark on a chalkboard for them. But uh, no parameters in place. But we put our own in place. You know, we sort of tried to minimise the risk of bets that we were having. So you're looking for horses that have drawn well. Um, you know, with the bias for for being on the speed or on the markers. Drivers were a big part of it as well. You know, those big race drivers generally uh, give give their horses every possible chance on, on a week like Cup Week so we put some of those self-imposed um, rules in place and look, it didn't all go well uh, we were in a bit of trouble early on Tuesday but we managed to scrape ourselves out of that and we were in big trouble on Friday before Cyrus got up so uh, you know, it just shows that you can go up and down and up and down but uh, I think the big thing for us Mick was, was the engagement from the community out there and the indirect result of it was that it actually drove turnover even more because people were following us in so we went and backed Cyrus and obviously got him into 8.50, but the amount of messages we got from people around the country that have backed him at 8.50 after we backed him and still got a good result, well, you know, that's only got to be a positive for the game. And I think, you know, the Luke, the work that Luke and the Boys Get Paid team have done this week is uh, is a true credit to Cup Week because they've played a big part in helping get some of those big turnovers up. Matty, it was a great job, mate. We're going to bounce. Congratulations. Enjoy your Sunday off. You have deserved it, as have you and Andrew and everybody else involved with the BGP. Yeah, thanks, Mike, and uh, hopefully everyone made a dollar. Well, they did if they invested with you, boys. <laughs> uh, producer dude, Robbie, who's won our fitty? Our fitty today. I've uh, I've read all the messages, appreciated all of them, some great stories. Uh, I've gone for Dave, who said uh, they didn't back self-assured uh, on the day that he did win, although he backed, uh, backed him previously. 
Yep. So that's the story of life. That's been the story of spring. It is April. Thanks, producer dude. Robbie, you've got a big day today looking after all the rugby stuff. Congratulations to the Black Ferns. You wonderful, wonderful woman, you. Taking it last night. It was awesome stuff. That's Trot's Talk. That's the week done for, of course, the harness from Greg O'Connor and I. Thank you for listening. Don't worry. We'll be back next Sunday.